Hello everybody and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey podcast, episode 10. Very fitting that it is October, so it's the 10th month and the 10th episode. This year's, um, yeah, it's been, well, it's been going by, uh, maybe not quite as we, how we thought it would. but Not quite as quickly we're... as we'd like, over. Yes. <laughs> well, only three more, three more months to go. Well, it makes me think of, um, have you seen those uh, like memes online where it says we'll get to December 31st at midnight and it'll swap to des- December 32nd or something? I would, I would 20, not be surprised. Twenty twenty would just continue. I would not be surprised. That's going to be the next disaster. That's going to be the next disaster. Yes. So, so something a bit different for this episode. Instead of a new whiskey, we are trying a whiskey-based cocktail. And this is one yep. you introduced me to, Tom. So, would you like to say say what it is? So, I found about about from an app a friend recommended called cocktail flow or something along those lines it's free and it's got loads of cocktails recipes on there and you just uh, tell it what what you've got in your kitchen and it says what you can make essentially so all i had was whiskey in my kitchen so i couldn't make much so i was playing around with what, what if i added this what if i added that and i found out about the godfather by adding amaretto so yeah that's literally it amaretto and whiskey over ice and i think it's really really good and I, I was recommend... going to say that this sounded almost like an advertisement, which it isn't. You, uh, you, if this had been an ad read, you would have got that spot. Advertisement. On. It's not an advertisement at all. It's just where we found this uh, cocktail, which I am making now. So it's, I think it's, so it's sixty milliliters of Scotch whiskey, and then fifteen milliliters of amaretto, and I think in ounces that's two ounces of. Scotch and then a quarter ounce of amaretto. Then just mix it together with ice, and it's uh, yeah, it's really good. I'd say it's like perfect for people who maybe don't necessarily love whiskey or they kind of want to reduce the whiskey flavour with something a bit sweet. That's true. So, uh, it will yeah, do that. So it's really nice. I recommend if you're going to use what if you're going to use a whiskey, don't use an overly smoky one. Use a slightly more Smoother. subtle one. Yeah, exactly. Smoother. Or to dominate the flavour. Yeah. But anyway, cheers, Tom. Cheers, Henry. Cheers. Mm. It's been a while since I've had one. I forgot how nice it is. It's very nice. I think I've made mine too sweet, so I'm going to add some more whiskey. I was going to say, mine's perfectly balanced. I get the sweetness of the amaretto, but I can still taste the whiskey in it. That is nice. That's really nice. I want more whiskey. (laughs) So, something else we thought we'd do for fun for this 10th episode is... I have prepared 10 questions, Tom. 10 whiskey-based questions ah. to go along with our whiskey-based cocktail. So, you, this is to test your knowledge. Uh, some of these I knew, but other ones I didn't. And it was really quite fun researching these. So, let's see what, see what, what score you get at the end. Okay, so ah. question number number one. Are you ready? Yes, I have done, I'd like to say I have done so much preparation. I've made so many notes, so much research. <laughs> that happens. That really happens. Okay, question number one. What US state has whiskey as the state beverage? You've got 50 states to choose from. <laughs> Is it Tennessee? No, it's not. Ah, oh, fuck. But that's where Jack uh, Daniels comes from. Yes. You know, I, was, uh, I was expecting you to say either Tennessee or Texas. Oh, Texas. It's a Texas. No, it's oh, not. Oh, no, you it's can't a... say that. You can't You can't give me a hint and then just say that's wrong. No, it, <laughs> it's actually Alabama. Oh. 
Oh. Yeah, and it's uh, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation of this. It's but it's Konechu, Konchu, Konchu, Konhu, Konhu. I think it's Konhu. Konhu Ridge Whiskey is their state beverage. Oh. So question two. On, 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 on the question question two. two. What is the evaporation process during whiskey maturation known as? Uh, I reckon if you'd said what is this process, well, what does this process involve? I would have said evaporation, but if you ask me the question the other way around, there's a there's a name for it. They have a term. Distilling. So as <laughs> so as the as the whiskey is sitting in the barrel, yeah. a natural evaporation process happens. Yeah, I think it's about two two percent per year, and this is uh, I was explaining this to a friend recently, actually, and it's as as time goes on, there's actually less and less whiskey in the barrel. Yeah, which is the why, angels like, share. Yes, well done. Yes, Yay. I got it. I got, got it. it. Yeah. So as as the whiskey's sitting there and as it's aged for longer, it th- there's actually less and less whiskey. So this is why really old whiskies are more expensive. Often more expensive because there's actually less of it. Yeah. Of course, it also depends on like the brand of the company and how well established they are. But like that's why like fifty year old whiskies are and above are so expensive because there is actually less of it, so it's more precious. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. You got the second one. Nice. I was unsure if you'd get that. I was like, maybe he will know it, maybe he won't. I did. Right, question number three. What is the meaning of whiskey in Gaelic? What is the meaning of whiskey in Gaelic? You mean, how do you say whiskey in Gaelic? No, as in, what is the like the meaning of it? What, as in, is, is whiskey a Gaelic word? or? I, I think it originates from a Gaelic word, yes. Ah, so and, what, and what's the what meaning is... of the word? Yes. Uh, I don't know, fire water or something? You, you got water, right? Spirit water. Uh, strong water. Alcoholic water. It's water of life. Ah. Ah. Well, that makes sense. Yes, no, I agree with that. Which, uh, that, that'll actually, um, funnily enough, connect to one of the later questions, which is quite, quite interesting. Oh, I'll keep that in mind then. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Uh, what are the two requirements for for a whiskey to be called a Scotch? So we're made in Scotland. Be, it's got to be made in Scotland, right? Yep, that that's one of the requirements. You just throw them away here, heavy. This quiz is too easy. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but what's the other requirement? Will that be so easy for you to get? Single malt, isn't it? Has to be single malt. No, it has to have been aged in the cask for at least three years. Oh, it has, oh yeah, it has to be made that. in Scotland, and it has to have been. I swear most Scots are all single malt though. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll find that out for the next episode. We'll have maybe maybe from now on we'll have one whiskey bit of trivia whenever we have Ooh, our whiskey. That's a good point. But so, but yeah, you always hear about oh single malt Scots whiskey, single malt Scots whiskey. You never hear about a uh, multiple malt. Well, isn't it blended? It's often it's called blended or mixed. That's when they uh, combine. But yeah, yeah, you never hear about a mixed Scotch or a blended Scotch. I think it's because single malt is the uh, the kind of higher quality. Ah. So, going back to Scotland again, so for question five, how many bottles of whiskey are exported from Scotland each year? Millions. I'm saying millions. Are you going to put a number on those millions? Okay, no, because I have no idea how many millions. But we're going in the plural. Okay, so you said millions. It's actually billion. It what? One billion. Okay, one that's billion a lot. That is whiskey. a lot yeah. of whiskey. Produced in Scotland. I'm in, I'm in the wrong country. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait. If a billion bottles are exported, 
that maybe I am living in the right country <laughs> because that means a billion bottles of whiskey leave Scotland every year. So actually, Scotland's the worst place to go if you want whiskey. I was going to say, and you you count for at least <laughs> a third of that or something. <laughs> Blimey, can you imagine? Mm. Um, all right, question six. What gives whiskey its colour? I've not got a fucking clue, to be honest. <laughs> Take a guess. Take a guess? Artificial colours and flavours. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so whiskey is actually clear after it's distilled, and then it's when it, it's from the barrels during its... Oh, uh, mat- does it soak in a bit of bits of wood or something? Yeah, because because of, of the yeah the wood that the barrel's made for it gives it that nice golden brown kind of color as it um, ages oh. in the barrel. Yeah. Uh, question seven. So why are the Glenfiddich bottles triangular in shape? So what does? Is it so they're easier to carry while drunk? No. They are <laughs> easier to carry while drunk. <laughs> like so circular will just slip through your hand. Honestly. Do, do you That's know why that drunks always drop their bottles? Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's why drunks always drop bottles that they're holding, because it's just circular. You can't grip it very well. Or at least what I always drop when I'm holding. And then fall asleep on the floor, more like, most likely. <laughs> do you want to take another guess, or do you want to know the answer? Uh, are they saving costs by ma- finding ways to make the box the bottle smaller? Nope. Okay, tell me. I'll, I'll give you a hint. Each corner represents something. So there's three corners and each one represents something. Oh, it's like a symbolic thing. Mm. Uh, does it... Is Glenfiddich single malt or is Glenfiddich blended? Mixed? Uh, I think they might have a variety. I have to have oh, okay. Thing. So it's, it's not the amount of malts, basically. Okay, I don't know. Tell me. Okay, so it's... Each corner represents a key pillar of whiskey making, which oh. is air... Water and barley. I've heard of air, water, fire, and earth, but I've never heard of the element barley. Well, barley's what whiskey's made from, Tom. <laughs> yes, it's one of the key key pillars of whiskey. I thought you might even know that little. No, nope, at least nope, know nope, what nope. whiskey's made from. He it, it, it doesn't care. He's just like just, I like whiskey. So I like drinking it. I don't like making it. <laughs> He's like so long as there's a full glass in my hand, I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. Question number eight. John Jameson, founder of Jameson Whiskey. Where was he from? Okay, so I, I'm thinking this is a trick question. Jameson is an Irish whiskey, right? Yes. So you're so the obvious answer for me is to say Ireland. But I'm thinking you're trying to trick me, catch me out here. I'm thinking Ireland is the wrong answer. So where do you think he's from then? Scotland. Yeah. Oh my god, so am I right? Done. Yeah, you did. Yes. Reverse psychology. I was, trying, win. I, was try, I was trying to trip you up with that one, but you nope, got it. No, nope, you, nope. you, you realised it was a trick question. Nope, I caught you yeah, up there. But that's fascinating that Jameson is one of like the most famous Irish whiskies, mm-hmm. and it was made by a Scotsman. Maybe we shouldn't tell any Irishman this. <laughs> I, I found that so interesting. Number nine. This is going back to Water of Life again. Ah, uh, here we go. Nic- Nikola we go. Tesla drank whiskey every day because he thought it would make him live longer how long did he think he would live to wait hang on you're telling me all this time whiskey is a form of immortality excellent <laughs> i looks well, like i'm gonna be alive well, for a long time well so, so seeing as nikola tesla died i don't think it can be safely said that whiskey is the elixir of immortality 
Did he die of natural causes or in an accident? I think he. I think he died of natural causes. Mm. I, I I do have the age that he died at, but what age did he think he would live to? One hundred and fifty. You got that spot on. Did I actually? Did yeah, I actually? Exactly. Yes. That was a complete Blimey. guess. That was a complete. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. I knew that. I knew that one. I one hundred percent knew that one. That was that was all me. That was all me. I can't believe that. I can't believe you got that. Oh, spot on. That was all me. Yeah, I knew that. That he, was obvious. He, I also think so, I lived to 150. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. But um, yeah, he thought it would. He thought it had properties that would make him live longer. So he thought he would live to 150, 150 by drinking every day. But he actually died at the age of 86. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. So he did, it's not like he died young from drinking all that whiskey. No, he did live quite a, a long life, and of course, accomplished a vast amount. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't believe you got that spot on on the first guess. <laughs> what be first guess? I knew that. That was obvious. Yeah. Simple, sure. simple trivia. Right. Final question, and this is you're gonna have to cast your memory back a bit for this. Uh, what was the first whiskey we drank in our first podcast episode? Redbreast. Do you say Red Redbreast. Yep. I knew it was a red something. Yeah. I thought that might be a bit too easy, but I was intrigued to see if you did remember. That was a nice whiskey though. Oh, I really enjoyed that because I, I, I had fun like searching those up and then test, testing you to see, see what you knew. So you got out of 10 questions. Yeah, you got three <laughs> well, no hang on i got more than three i got nikola tesla one i'm counting that as two yeah. points and so impressive um i got uh jameson right got... that was pretty good of yeah. me so uh, you... i got what was the first one? Oh wait yeah you got angel um... uh, angel share i got that right oh yeah of course yeah you got that so you got you got the angel share one right you got half the uh scotch one right so i'll give you a point for that yeah excellent that's four you got the you got the jameson white right the nikola tesla one and you got the, the last one. Uh, red breast. And the red breast. So right. I got fifty percent right, that's a pass. Alright. Yeah. At the University of Henry, that's a pass. <laughs> University of Henry and Whiskey. And Henry of Henry yeah. and Whiskey. Well, well the University of Henry, whiskey is sort of expected. <laughs> well, I enjoyed that. I I'm I'm quite up for including a piece of trivia from in our whiskey tasting sessions from now on. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed learning a bit more about whiskey, and I enjoyed testing your knowledge. But we should, but we should get back on track with our quotes first. Yes. Saying that, I don't have a quote. For I this do episode. not have a quote for this episode either. Oh, I'm sure I can find one because there's a book I'm I'm reading. I was reading recently. Uh, not one of the ones we're going to discuss in this episode, but I'm sure I could find something that is very uh, quotable from that. So I'll have a look at that later on. But Moving on to the books. We've been reading quite a lot, haven't we, Tom? Well, we've not got much else to do at work, actually, if I'm honest. <laughs> well, it's not much else to do during the pandemic. This is true. So, Henry, what book did I say that you should read? So, you have been harping on about the Last Law. First Law. First Law, first law trilogy. Do you want to save um, that for later so we can talk more in depth about it? Yeah, which which one would you like to delve into first then? I so think we maybe... talk about make your bed. Yes. So this was my recommendation to you, and yes. it was on my honourable uh, mention list from uh, the books I read last year. So it's uh, 
Make Your Bed by William H. McRaven, who was a uh, Navy SEAL Admiral who gave a talk at Texas University, I believe. I think and he so. Turns, he turned that uh, speech into a short book on the lessons he learned from his time in the Navy SEALs. So I, when I told you to uh, read it, I went back and reread it because it's quite short. It's only... 120 pages yeah it's nice and short what did what did you think of it i mean i'm intrigued because i i'm trying to push you to read sort of different to try, try and break out from fantasy a bit and it's, that's gonna be hard that's gonna be hard for you henry yeah because i i am very very much a big fan of i, I mean i'm, I'm very thrillers i'm happy with thrillers i'm happy with historical fiction basically when i read i like to read about lives that are different from my own if you said, oh, read a book about someone who goes to work. I don't work. think you can get it much different from a Navy SEAL Admiral than you, Tom. Exactly. No exactly. That's why that I enjoyed Make Your Bed. Oh, good. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, jumped, I jumped the gun there a you bit. Did, didn't you did. You really did. You thought I was going to be negative because I'm normally negative. Mm. But I'm not negative. Mm. I enjoyed this book. It was really good. I'm glad to hear that. I do enjoy a good story. And he did. He did tell stories. So um, although he is giving you lessons and advice, he will give you an anecdote from his time in the seals, especially his training in the seals, to reinforce that lesson. And it was actually really interesting to see what they make the Navy seals do. Like I'd read it and I'd be like, "No fucking way! Am I going to go and do that?" <laughs> like any like aspirations to become an elite soldier. Like in, I'm in England, so it would be the SAS for me. No, no, I'm good. I'm quite happy. <laughs> I'm quite happy as I am. It's like uh, one of the ones where they, if they uh, did something wrong and then they've just like been for a swim and then they have to come out, they, they then have to roll around in the sand. And then I, they I think they make like you jump the in the sea. Day. They make you jump in the sea so that you're wet and then run around, uh, roll, roll around in the sand. They call it yeah, a sugar they, cookie they, or something like that. Yeah, that was it because the sand just gets everywhere and you're covered in it. It is horrible. That, that they, sounds horrible. That sounds horrible. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 one of those books. I've, I think I've read it a few times now because it's just so easy to pick up when you just want to flip through it or just want to read it again because it is so short. But the lessons in it, I feel like, are something you can so easily revisit. And I'd, he... I'd like to say they are very important lessons, but they are also simple, understandable lessons that you can also find in many other places. I've um, I really enjoyed this book. But I do, I do enjoy absorbing lessons like this from fiction. I like reading about characters who make mistakes, make genuine human mistakes, and then try to fix them. And I like learning from how they fix their mistakes or how they go about doing things. I would much rather mm. read about a character who uses a metaphor to try and show people, oh, if you're like this, this will happen. Then I, uh, I, I don't... Uh, enjoy reading the book as much as that, that like just, just lays it out for me like oh do this this is what you should do i'd much rather enjoy a story at the same time i think for me for me fic fiction is about me just uh just enjoying the story and enjoying the ride whereas i like stuff like this because it does impart a life lesson and i can see how they've done it in their life and then they might su give suggestions on how you can take this lesson and apply it to your own life mm -hmm. And that's why what I enjoy about them. I, like, wow, they've done something amazing, and then it's inspiring, and you can find a way to apply it to your own life. Well, that's very true. And the story was very the story, the book was very inspiring. I must admit. Mm. I think um, recommendations for people: if you 
even if you're not going to read the book, is look up the speech he gave. It's very, it's really easily to find on YouTube and just give that a watch just because it, it's such a good speech. I think I've seen it recommended to so many people. I've seen I've seen his book recommended in so many other books as well. So it, it does just have that universal appeal. He's, he's, he's lived a very impressive life as well because he had that terrible injury and yeah. still managed to build his career up to Admiral. Yeah, because he had the um, because he had a really horrible parachute injury, and he there was first of all there was the challenge of him ever being able to walk again, mm. let alone what would happen to his career. And then he to to recover from that to go yeah, all the way to a was it, uh, I think it was like a four star Admiral. Jesus. And yeah, just really. <laughs> really, really interesting guy. And I've re- I read his uh, uh, his other book, Sea Stories, earlier in the year. And I, I think I might have mentioned it on the podcast, but that again, that goes into more. Like you were saying, he uh, he talks about his time in the Navy SEALs and the training he went through. He gives a bit more detail in that. So yeah, if you if you read this one and you want to read any more of his, check out his other book as well. But yeah, I just for anyone really, I highly recommend his speech he gave so yeah would you would you well, say I, admiral mcraven is one of your heroes henry i don't know uh i, I find this really strange question when people ask because not i don't get asked it very often like who's your hero who is your hero i don't necessarily say that i have one just to, who stands alone is that is the that is my hero that is who i want to be like i like looking at and reading and learning about people who've done fascinating stuff with their lives and there's a uh, there's a book i'm hoping to get around christmas time it's called uh, uh tribe of mentors um and it's uh got, written by a guy called tim ferris who's uh, like an entrepreneur and he into in this book he combined uh, all these people, all these like inspiring or famous or successful people that he's met, and it's just like they only write about two or three pages each, but it's just their advice or some questions he's asked them and their response. And so, I just I wouldn't say I necessarily have a hero or heroes. You just have lots have, of people that you respect. Yeah, lots of people I I, I respect and I admire and I seek to learn from them even if it's even if i only read something from theirs but i remember the one thing and that stays with me it's yeah that's what i like that's why i like these non-fiction books and that's why it's a, actually yeah that's a really good question do, do you have someone that you think of as a hero tom because i've never asked you that do you have because i know you have like writers um, mm-hmm. and authors who you look up to but would you class any of them as your hero or would you just consider them as like inspiration i would prefer to say inspiration 100 percent. i mean i know I, I i'm not always a huge brad sanderson fan but i respect him tremendously as a, as a writer and everything he's been doing lately on youtube and kickstarter is just very impressive uh, i love watching his uh, university lectures for instance or another favorite author of mine Stephen erickson actually wrote an essay because he was being criticized by fans and people who are not his fan for his characterization in the stories so he wrote an essay online about why the way he presents characters is better 
And as a writer, you're not always supposed to defend yourself online, but the way he presented his argument meant that he actually got away with it, if that makes sense. And yeah. uh, I respect the hell out of that. <laughs> There's basically a big mm. fuck you to the critics. Yeah, that's what I. Uh, that's what I just. I, I. That's why I like reading. Is because uh, f- for me, uh, so I'm uh, I'm dyslexic, and I ne- I don't necessarily take all the information in by reading something. I w- like when I was doing exams at school, I would have to read things countless times to try and remember facts. I'm much more of a visual learner, but that's that's the thing what I find with um, these books is I might not say, not necessarily remember every single bit, but there will li- be little bits that stick with me and I will have like I've got quite a few books here with a bunch of like sticky notes in it so that I can just so easily revisit something and look back at it and reinforce that in my mind because I have to constantly reinforce something that I've read mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's just yeah I just I, I do love books like that where you read something fascinating or you learn something fascinating about someone or something but yeah I have to <laughs> I, I have to personally go back and look at it again which is why i when you were reading this book i enjoyed going back and rereading it with you at the same time as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah so slight tangent there but actually yeah, <laughs> that was quite interesting i yeah, always I, I'm, gl- I'm glad i'm glad to hear that you liked it That's, i did like uh, it i did like it. It, it it was very interesting would you would you say that you would do what i would do and you'd look back at like no. little snippets of it no no no. Interesting. Um, my memory is selective. Some things I can remember like that, and some things I have absolutely no idea on. For instance, uh, it was a struggle for me to remember about the angel's share earlier in the episode, but <laughs> other things I can remember hands down. For instance, sometimes I can remember the, what a customer's table, their exact order, writing it down, or paying much attention. So it's very it's very selective, and I've I've got a good memory of Make Your Bed. I don't think I'm going to go back to it anytime soon. And mm. lots of the lessons, I'd like to say I was pretty good on already. Like stand up to bullies is one of the main things that Admiral Ab- McRaven says, and I think I've got that down. I I am I am glad you enjoyed it because. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure if you would, but I am glad to hear that you did. I I, I know it's one of your favorite. Is it one of your favorite books, Henry? I th- it's one I've given it to uh, f- quite a few people as like a present, and it's one I often recommend to people. I, I would say it's probably one of my favorite books, and it's it's just so it's like I say it's only 120 pages, it's so bite sized and easy to read. It is very very digestible. Mm. Anyway, moving on from real life to a big bit of greek mythology and fiction shall we move on to our next book yeah so what we've been doing you've recommended a book to me i've recommended a book to you then we've both read a new book and this is the book that we've both read which is mythos by stephen fry yes and we were both big fans of neil gaiman's north norse mythology so yep. we thought oh let's get some more norse mythology not sorry more general mythology so i say in our lives and read mythos by stephen fry I was really impressed that I didn't know any of the stories. That well, not, not I, I knew one or two, but most of them I had no idea existed. Um, I'm not this big mythology expert, but I have read Percy Jackson, so I do count myself <laughs> as an expert. And yeah, none of the stories in Percy Jackson are referenced in this book at all. So it's quite refreshing to read about stuff that Zeus and everyone got up to, 
that I'd not heard of before. Yeah, and Zeus got up to a lot of things. Basically, <laughs> yes. Yeah. If, 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 the, if there was a problem, it was probably Zeus. Yeah, no, I know what you mean, because quite a few of the stories I found I had never heard of, mm. or I only knew a little bit of. There, have, there, have, there were a couple, or I say have, because I'm still reading at the moment. I'm, still, I'm, I'm about two-thirds of the way through. I think you finished it. Just I have, yes. A little bit ahead of me. But yeah, there are a few like I recognise from Percy Jackson or other Greek mythology books that I've read over the years. But even so, I like you, I'm astounded by the number of ones that I did not know, or the number of different like gods or titans that I'd never heard of. And there are a lot. <laughs> there is a lot of names in this book. So if you're someone who struggles to remember names. You... I don't think that would yeah. be a problem. Um, Stephen Fry, the the way he narrates it, he does often say, "Oh, this person, if you remember, was this person," and then proceeds. I I, I think it'd be quite yeah. easy. Or, or he'll even say there was this person, and then like he'll put an annotation that says, oh, "Exactly." Yeah, you you, exactly. you don't need to remember who they were because they won't reappear in any stories. And any major but... any major goddesses or titans or whatever who may who play a big part in a story. Heroes as well. Exactly. Um, their backstory will have been presented first. So, for instance, mm. any story that, say, uh, Zeus is involved in, Zeus's origins have, will have already been discussed. So you'll see Zeus's name and you'll go, yes, I know exactly who that guy is. Which I think is something he does really well. He yes, he does. Tell, tells you who they are, like if they're a god, what they are a god of, how they came to exist, if they're a hero where they were from what they did but what i found because you mentioned neil gaiman's uh, norse mythology earlier and that's i think this book's about 400 pages and that was about 300 yeah but what i found neil gaiman did in his he is he took like five or six established uh, norse mythology stories and he he told them but he also put a slight twist on them his own twist Whereas in this, it's a lot of stories, but they're all broken up into very short sections. Mm. And I don't think I don't think Stephen Fry puts quite as much as a twist on. I think he does a few little changes here or there, and he'll 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 even explain it at times. Like we're not actually sure. Like say there was a hero, and we're not actually quite sure who his father was, but we think it might have been this god or that god. And for the purpose of this story, I'm going to say it was that god. But yeah, he he, he I think he probably does a bit more faithful retellings of them. I, 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 won't, I wouldn't say faithful. Neil Gaiman, but... uh, when he wrote Norse mythology, was writing it very much as a book of myths. It, mm. it doesn't... It, like, Neil Gaiman wrote his as if, oh, you're reading myths. It doesn't really matter... That it's me, Neil Gaiman, the writer who's written this. You're just reading about Norse mythology. Whereas when I read Mythos, um, I don't know where, uh, you know, Stephen Fry, when he wrote it, assuming he didn't use a ghostwriter, whoever it was, nailed his voice. So if you read out loud Mythos and put a very posh accent on, you would sound just <laughs> like Stephen Fry. Like, he nailed Stephen Fry's voice perfectly. He nailed his own voice if he wrote it himself perfectly. Because I, I I grew up listening to him because I had all like the Harry Potters. Oh yeah, on he all, CD yeah. and he he narrated those. Interesting so, yeah. fact. Interesting fact. He um Stephen Fry would say to J.K. Rowling after recording himself reading her book, 
um, what he found difficult in her writing to say on the recording and J.K. Rowling would go, oh, okay, then the next book put as much of it as possible <laughs> into the book to make it more difficult for him. And I found that hilarious. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's quite funny. Look up the quote. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was that she put in her writing that he found difficult. Probably the Latin, as you know, I think Stephen Fry would love to say the Latin spells. Uh, I don't know what it was he put in there, but it definitely, uh, definitely made Stephen Fry struggle. But that's beside the point. Reading Mythos felt like a conversation with Stephen Fry. So when he would put, yeah, we're not sure whose this guy's parents is, but I'm going to say this person, it felt like I was sitting down and having Stephen Fry talk to me about mythology. And he's saying, oh, yeah, I don't know who this is, but I'm going to say it's this person. Hmm. So I, I, I quite like that because, to be honest, how are we supposed to know what sto- how the stories were told or presented thousands yeah, of years he, ago? He, he, he even said in what like one of the footnotes is like uh, about a certain thing it's we can debate this and everything but uh let's leave that to the scholars and everything yeah we don't have time we don't we don't yeah i i i think i found myself taking my time with it i haven't been rushing through it because usually like uh, a fiction book or something that's about 300 pages long i can i can read in like about a week whereas a week this is yeah why, how quickly how quickly do you read okay that it depends how much time of the week you devote to the fiction book for instance one of the shorter dresden files book if i've got a day free i'll spend that whole day reading the book and finish it in about that about the time of that day yeah, that's the thing i i enjoy reading but i can't spend the entire day reading i can if I, it's a I, good book i find i find myself yeah if it's a good book i i will find it difficult to put down but i will not dedicate a whole day to reading <laughs> I got I got other things to do as much as I do love reading, but yeah, with this because I like I mentioned earlier, it is kind of broken up into short short stories or short sections of stories, one after the other. And so I'd often find myself maybe reading five, ten pages of a short of the short story, put it down, go do something else, come back and read a few more. So I found I've taken my time with it a bit more. Uh, I, again, I think this comes back to there's so many names and so many references to different heroes, gods, and everything. It is a bit overwhelming at times when you're bombarded with all these names. I'm like, right, I'm going to read a bit and then I'll come back. I to didn't it feel later. that way at all. I didn't feel bombarded at all. I could fully understand hmm. everything about all the different characters and all the different names. That's interesting. Hmm. I didn't feel Complete overwhelmed two... at all. Yeah. You've read Game of Thrones, haven't you, Henry? Yes. Well, that that's yeah. I, that yeah. when I read that, I felt a bit bombarded with the whole different people with names. That's that's interesting because uh, I know people who've given up on Game of Thrones because they said, "Oh, I'm completely bombarded with all these names and I can't remember who everyone else is." I love the Game of Thrones series. Of course, I, I can't remember who everyone is, and sometimes I have to go back in the book to find them. But it's it's, it's the same with this. But Game of Thrones, I absolutely powered through. I think. I got the first one from a charity shop and then we were on holiday at the time and I loved it so much I pre-ordered the uh, I ordered the rest of them straight there <laughs> and then so that when I came back from my holiday I could read them. And I absolutely yeah, I just powered my way through that whole series. I think again it is it is the story it's like we're saying with fantasy books if they really grip you 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 will sit there and read them. Mm-hmm. I I am enjoying Mythos but it hasn't hasn't quite gripped me as some other books might well yeah so i, I was wondering because uh, it's been 
a good. It's been nearly a week since I finished it, and yeah. you still got a, what, what do you say like a quarter left to go? Yeah, I think I, I yeah I think I started it maybe like ten eleven days ago. And I've got about hundred and fifty pages. Yeah, it's, I'm about two hundred and fifty pages through, and I've got about hundred and fifty left. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, it hasn't quite gripped me. It's enjoyable, but it hasn't quite gripped me as some other stories have. Well, then it's but not yeah. quite a. I mean, it is linear, but it's not like you follow one character through their journey. There's lots of mm. different. It's a bit like a collection of short stories. Yeah, yeah. Do you read much short story anthologies? Many sort short story anthologies. Not, not really. No, I tend to, I tend to read novels like long long form novels or. Well, it sounds well. Maybe you're not used series. to reading a lot of short stories in one go. Maybe that's mm. why you're struggling a bit more. Maybe. Yeah. But yeah, that's just the way I found myself reading it is reading a few a few of them at a time and then leaving it and then coming back to it later on in the day or the next day. But yeah, take it taking my time with it but enjoying it nonetheless. Excellent. But, uh, yes, but spe- speaking of uh novels that I can did absolutely devour when I got round to reading them. So I after much uh, persuading from you, are we finally you... talking about the first law? Yes. Yeah, so we, yes. we talked about the we've talked about the first one in a previous episode. So if you if you're looking for information on that, go find that. And that that first one is the blade itself by Joe Abercrombie. We're going to be talking about before they are hanged and last argument of kings by, by Joe Abercrombie. Joe Henry, what did you think about everything that happened in Last Argument of Kings? Wait, 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 wait. So we, so we just say, spoilers. Spoiler warning. Right, wait, 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 one sec, one sec. Before we go into spoilers, I will give a brief summary on what I think okay. without spoilers. Okay. If you are anyway a fan of Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or any really good fantasy series but you want a nice twist on those, go read these books. Yes, yes, 100%. they're really, 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 really good. 100%, they really are. I think the way I've described it on this podcast before and I've described it to other people is, imagine taking the Fellowship of the Rings, condensing it down, and then they're not quite as goody two-shoots as the Fellowship of the Ring. They're all... I, I go further and completely subvert typical fantasy characters. So you've yes, got a barbarian what... killer who's actually a nice guy. And you've yes. got a wizard who's fighting for the forces of good who is not a nice guy. Yeah, he uh, quite happily makes he- people's heads go pop. <laughs> not, I said, we said, we said no spoilers yet. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is a fantastic fantasy series. And it, yeah, but that's that's what the author himself said, Joe Abercrombie, is that he wanted to subvert people's expectations of fantasy, and it just has these beautiful twists and turns that keep you going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I highly recommend it um, as a series, and yeah, I will definitely be reading the uh, uh, prequel uh, series and um, and some of the spin-offs as well at some point. What a prequel series? Sorry, sequel. Got, <laughs> I was going to say. Got the I was going to yeah, say. I, got, I got, got the two. Got the two mixed up there. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I was like, don't embarrass yourself here. Not, not prequel. But anyway, right. We're going to move on to spoilers. Spoilers now. Okay. What did you think of the end? 
Well, I, I, call, I called it. Giselle was king. I yep. said to you. Yeah, you we, did. You we, did. I didn't want to give anything away. But yeah, you're right. When we saw each other, I was like, I, I, I'm going to predict something. I'm going to predict that Baez, the wizard, is making Giselle king. Yeah. <laughs> and I was right. You I called right. it. You were right. But what about everything after that? Uh, the, the battle, that was great. That was great. Um. The stone in the tower, the yep. uh, uh, Baez's um, former lover. Yeah, his lover. His, his assistant had actually been dead for ages and been replaced by an eater. Cause it makes even, so like, much that sense. Was one of the, it makes so much yeah, sense. Yeah, that was the thing. It? I said to you, like, oh, I don't really get what this guy's doing. He's really quiet and he's not having anything. And then it's exp- it was literally, I was reading it uh-huh. just after I'd spoken to you <laughs> and I said, I said, I got to give it a bit. few pages. I literally knew the exact moment where you were at. I was like, give it a few pages. And you were like, oh, okay. And then you were like, five oh. five pages later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's let's go. Let's start with the second one. Do you one, get, do, before, before, before we get into that, do you get what I said about the very bittersweet ending? Did you get very bittersweet yes. feelings when you finished yes. Lost Argument of Kings? It, it, yeah, it felt like... Everything had happened. To... Everything ha- everything that happened. You were like that makes so much sense. But at the same time, you weren't a hundred percent happy for the characters. Yep. You weren't yes. like you were like because you knew things that they didn't. Mm. Let's go on to the second one because before they are hanged. I... Before they are hanged. Something I found super interesting is at the start of the book in the foreword, uh, like uh, Joe Abercrombie says, second books are difficult, and he doesn't. He's unsure how well this will do. I actually think it might be my favourite one. Ooh. Just purely because there's quite a lot happening. There's the campaign in the north with West and the Union army. And then there's, then there's like Luther and Logan and Baez on their quest. Yeah. And that just, you learn so much about the world and the old empire and uh, you learn a bit more about the magic and the other side, which is where magic comes from, and demons, and that ending is just so unexpected and perfect. Because it's like if Frodo had got to Mount Doom, and Sam was like, "Mr. Frodo, throw the wing- ring in the fire," and it's like, "I sold it at a shop." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although to I, be I, fair, I if it. I was Sam, I'd have thrown Frodo and the ring into the fire. Like fuck this, <laughs> fuck you, Mister Frodo, and goodbye. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It, w- it would have been something like that if Frodo had just done. Um, uh, this is Sparta and kicks Frodo into the fire. Although if, my, if my ass had been there instead of Gandalf, Frodo would never have made it <laughs> to, <laughs> to to Mount Doom. If if my ass had been there instead of Gandalf, there would have been no Frodo. There would have been an army of elves marched into Mount Doom, which is exactly what I would have done. Mm. But that's beside the point. Anyway, last argument of kings, though. Everything that happens. It yeah, it just it comes together so well, so well. But there's. Like you said, it's bittersweet, and there are it there are st- there's bits left open as well. Which you'll notice oh, this it's... theme with um, Trevor Crombie books, where at the end of the series or uh, a standalone novel, everything will just weave together so well. Sort of like if you're watching like string or whatever, just knit itself together. That's what it's like reading some of his books. 
Yeah. Just when they tie themselves together so well, you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. It's just, just, it, it was like, particularly like with Glockter, where in the first book he and Baez had met and Baez had shown him the tower. I was like, but then they went on their quest and Glockter was sent elsewhere. And I was like, when are these two going to meet? And like, why did Bi- why was Baez so fascinated with Glockter at that time? And then it, you get to the end of the final book and they have another conversation. They meet again. Yep. And Baez lays out his plan to Glockter and Glockter sees what's going, what is actually going on behind the scenes. And it's just like, ah, oh, like you said, <laughs> it's the strings coming together. That moment, that moment to... when Glockter walks in the room and just goes, so am I talking to this owner of the bank or this owner of the <laughs> bank? And, Baez, and it just goes, both, said Baez. <laughs> yeah. It's, you just see some of the stuff Baez says is so good there's a quote in the heroes one of the standalone novels in, te- in this universe using the same characters from Baez that's so brilliant I'm just like yes yeah I just love how so many bits are just finely drawn together like you said the bits are string and they're just put in a nice neat bow but then there are a few there are still a few strands there's still a few strands which lead into the spin-offs and the uh, the uh, se- uh, sequel series. It's, uh, I'm so glad you recommended it. <laughs> it's, I it's really, so really, really enjoyed it. It is so good. Characters are great. The world is fascinating. I still, I still want a map in one of the books. I still need a map. Well, I said you could borrow my copy, and on my copy, the cover is the map. Yeah, but I got my, I got my nice. Uh, special copies didn't i i got the yeah and they are very pretty but at the same time you got no map <laughs> i got a map bitches <laughs> if you want go on google and type in some fan made you know just type into google first law trilogy world map and you'll see the map that you're looking for but yeah i think it's, it's kind of like uh, going back to game of thrones again that always has the map at the front i think these these books have benefited with that cheers <laughs> but yeah I I really enjoyed those. I I'm definitely definitely gonna read more of the uh, the books that he's written. Yeah, they were so good. It's, weren't it, they? It, it, it is like it's like the Fellowship of the, the second one's like the Fellowship of the Ring went on their journey and it didn't end well. And then the the third one is like Gandalf was pulling all the strings and is actually seeking to seize power and. Uh, it's so well done. Yeah. Masterful. <laughs> it is a, it's masterful. Yeah. It's a great series. <laughs> That's all I can say. I just okay, okay, okay. loved it. Spoilers over. Read this book series. If read you it. skipped all the spoilers, read the book series. Read. Read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you are in any way a fan of fantasy, read this series i would also like to point out that i appreciated his dark humor especially all the grisly details yeah can't give examples now because we finished the spoilers but i would but i i I was a big fan shaping my own humor when i was developing as a young adult these books were quite influential so i say yeah so that wraps up what we've been reading the boys do you want to mention the boys the boys season two boys season two (laughs) is finished up Again. What am I going to do oh. on my Friday mornings? I don't know. <laughs> go to go to work. <laughs> well, saying, saying that you're off. Well, you're off on Friday. Yes, yeah, so I've got this Friday free, and I've got no boys to watch. 
Mm. Asked, maybe I shouldn't work it like that. Word it like that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. All right, I can't, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> So not word it like that. Yeah, but uh, it's a series we've mentioned before because uh, the second season has just come out, and it is this perfect spin on the superhero genre. It's a dark take on it. Well, it subverts the genre. I'm quite glad you brought that up because I'd like to talk about a book series I read a while ago called Reckoners by Brandon Sanderson, um, mm. which is about superheroes gone wrong. It's about yeah. people who get superpowers but don't fight crime. They take control of the world. Well, mm. they try to take control of the world, but they only get to claim bits of the world because they're fighting amongst themselves. But that's beside the point. And the story takes place in, I think it's Chicago, which is a... a which is the area of the world controlled by this certain superhero. And I want to compare it to the boys, because in both cases, their superheroes gone wrong, but in both cases, there's a reason why they're evil. Mm. And in the boys' case, it's because, you know, uh, he's one of the boys, has their own... Not the boys, he's one of the the soups, the superheroes, has a reason for their... The reason why they do bad things, for instance, yeah, Homelander. Kind of dis- despicable behaviour. Yeah, for uh, instance, Homelander was, you know, he had, he had an abusive, traumatic childhood, for instance. And although I get that that sort of thing shapes human behaviour, at the same time, I just want some a franchise which has superheroes that just show what normal people would do if they just suddenly got superpowers. Like if I got superpowers, would I suddenly think, oh, I want to go on the streets and help people? Maybe. Or maybe I'd go, I really want a burger and I don't want to pay for it. I, li- I like how that's your first thought is, I want a burger. I have superpowers. That's not going to stop me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It makes me think of uh, one of the Skullduggery Pleasant books where these teenagers just magically yes. get magic. Yes. And then... You see what they do. One of them actually wants to help people, and then the others are like, "Nah, we got powers. Let's go destroy stuff." Exactly, exactly. And none of so, the... so is is that what Reckoners is like? Then it is just this observation of what different. I can't tell you because of spoilers what happens in that book, and you'll have to read it for yourself. But is that kind of the premise? Is that these people randomly get powers, and then it follows? It, the premise what of the story do. is one day this light which they call calamity appears in the sky and then people start developing powers and ev- and everyone who gets a power also gets a weakness so all the mm. superheroes they call them epics in reckoners they try and keep their weakness a secret while using their powers to do whatever they want basically That's and the rec- uh, that does sound quite good and the reckoners are people who uh, assassinate uh, superheroes who they think go too far Ah, now I see the correlation between that and the boys. Yep, and yeah, you see, see you is. see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Reckoners is it's a trilogy, I think, and I would say it's one hundred percent more for young adults than the boys is. It's much more um, child friendly, so we say. Yeah, not qu- not quite as dark. As Nowhere the near boys, as dark. Cause... Nowhere yeah. near as dark. That is one thing. If the bo- the boys is dark, but it's. It's, it's done really well and some that uh, I can't remember the guy who plays Homelander and Anthony Starr 
Anthony Starr and Carl Urban as Billy Butcher. They, they those, are so they both, good. They both need to get some awards because they are so good as their respective characters. Season two, I think, is just as good as season one, and it so many different unexpected things, so many awesome scenes, some pretty dark ones, Very as dark. we've said. Not as dark but, as season one, I don't think. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely some dark scenes. Also, the way it's set up for season three. Not going into spoilers or anything, but oh, it perfect, is good. perfect way to set up for season three. Yeah, yeah. The boys, if you like, if you, if you don't mind a bit of gore and darkness, and you want to see like a subversion of the superhero genre, because I think everything's just quite clean now, squeaky clean with like. Marvel and DC. I know DC tries to be a bit dark and edgy at times and often fails. Mm. But yeah, if you want to see a subversion of the superhero genre, I highly recommend The Boys. But yeah, uh, anything else, Tom? Have you you've been playing? Oh yeah, House Ghost of Tsushima. Have you? Because the <laughs> uh, the the free update, the uh, new game plus, and the online mode came out for that recently. I Have haven't had been... a chance to play um, the recent update. Um, because this week I got so sick of my flatmate boasting about all the platinum trophies he has that I have spent <laughs> about £100 buying as many cheap, easy-to-platinum games as possible and then just powering through all of them. Just Is, so it, is this because of the uh, new trophy system? The new trophy they... system. But not only that, but just we, me and my flatmate count how many platinums we've got. Whoever has more mm. is the better gamer. And so I'm just powering through as many of these cheap games as I can. As many what games trophies. did you get? Oh, you have... oh, like the dregs of the fucking barrel. Like, <laughs> you've heard of Tetris, think lower. <laughs> Wait, Tetris isn't a bad game. <laughs> no, but it's not exactly, you know, the most graphically acclaimed or uh, best okay. story or anything. Um, and my flatmate <laughs> says, oh, they don't count as proper platinum. She spent half an hour getting that one. And I'm like, suck my platinum balls. Platinum's a platinum. <laughs> that could be the quote of the episode. Suck my platinum <laughs> balls. Oh god. Because we were we were on the same number beforehand. I had I had three platinums and you had three platinums. I've got five so many... now. I've got five now. <gasps> oh my goodness. What what's your trophy level now? Because after the um the switch, mine went from I think eleven to two hundred and one. Mine went from about and something. Mine went from seven to one hundred and twenty-three, and mm. within a day, it went from one hundred and twenty to one hundred and fifty. Blimey! So up by thirty levels in a day. I'm quite proud so of I that. I might have to get. I might have to get some of these games. <laughs> well, in a few days, when I platinum the rest, you can have a look at my profile and see everything I got. Because I think I got ten games for twenty-five quid yesterday. Mm. And yeah, I'm just gonna power through a lot of them and. You can all suck my platinum balls. <laughs> uh, no, you need to play some more Ghost of Tsushima. I was waiting to hear your opinions on that. I, well, you've, I, you've I've been a bit. loving Ghost of Tsushima. Um, the graphics are amazing. Uh, Japan is beautiful. And killing people with a katana is great fun. And the animations when you actually kill someone and the moves you do with the katana is amazing. But 
Mongols. <laughs> I'm sick of killing Mongols. Yeah, like, I guess that is the slight problem is there isn't a huge amount of variety. Occasionally, I, think... I, I, kill, I, I have to fight some bandits or some ronin who are like rogue samurai. And I'm like, oh, mm. good. Yes, someone else. But, they, but, but both these guys look boring. They're, they're all wearing nondescript clothes or rags. And maybe maybe that's why I'll, I'll have to get the I'm gonna try and get it around Christmas time is I'll, I'll get Ghost of Tsushima as well and with the the new mode is they've got a new online co-op mode yeah and that's set in like Japanese mythology Ooh. so hopefully that'll provide a bit more uh, kind of um, enemy variety so maybe we we can play that together and then hopefully. see what we think although yeah. I call dibs on playing the samurai character. Because Wait, the stealth uh, mode, I just you, you hate. Can, you can play. You can play both. Play the same. Oh, okay. Because that's four fine. Classes. But I'm always going to play the samurai. Is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> when fair. when I have to do a stealth mission, I'm just like, why? A is not this again. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't like. I'm playing this to kill people with a katana, not hide in a bush. I have other games for that. Other games like, where they have like, better like bush hiding not. mechanics. <coughs> Fortnite. <coughs> Fortnite. What? Yeah, me and my flatmate, when we played Fortnite, we just, our tactic was to, just to hide in the bush. Oh, yeah, of course, you get the uh, item, which is literally well, just you don't even need an you... item. You just go to any any decent bush, and you can tell which bush <laughs> is decent, and you just squat <laughs> in the bush, and you just stay there for the whole game. And just make sure that you move for the better circle, and then oh, there'll just be like two dude. or three players left, and they're fighting, and you just pop out the bush, like, oi! <laughs> Oh god! Our context is just yeah. Oh, easy win. Dear. I say easy win. I say you can scare the shit out of the player who does win. Oh dear. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> leading up to next episode, because if we do another episode in November, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is going to be out then. That's and true. I'm. I've already pre-ordered it, so I am definitely playing that. I pre-ordered another game, actually, for November, which I didn't even know was coming out. So What what game is that? Back on the PS2, one of the first games I got on the PS2 was a game called 13 in Roman numerals. Um, And you play as this amnesiac who wakes up on the beach and random people start coming after you, trying to kill you. And you've got to defend yourself with whatever weapons you find. And you, and you uh, in the act of defending yourself, get on the trail of this government conspiracy in America. And it's the game is designed in terms of its graphics and some of its storyboard design as a comic book. For instance, if I have a throwing knife and I throw it and I get a perfect headshot with this throwing knife, it will be like a comic book animation of like little boxes will appear in my screen of the, of the, of, of the knife going into this guy's head. Mm. Like it's a comic book, oh, um, or graphic novel, and it's it, so kind, of, kind of like that Sniper Elite or Hitman, where it well, it's Sniper Elite, isn't it? Where it does the slow mos because this kind of just change it up and does it. But like it's not, it's book. not a slow mo. It's like it's like boom, boom, boom. These three boxes appear at the top of your screen of this guy of of how the knife went in this guy's head and killed him, and like in a comic book when it goes into that sort of detail. So is this a remake of that? So PS2 yeah, game? yeah. So I, I I had no idea until I randomly came across it on Amazon that they were remaking this game and re-releasing it for PS4 and PS5, and it was coming out on I think it's the tenth of November. So I was like, oh. boom, forty-five quid, pre-order that. 
Because I Cause that's love not, that's that nine game. days before Cyberpunk. Because Cyberpunk's coming out at the same time as the uh, PS5. Well, if I remember London. the story correctly, it shouldn't take me nine days to get through it. Yeah. So, do, do you think you'll get Cyberpunk, or are you going to wait? Well, I have to admit, I'm a little bit um, tired of all the hype. But the hype went on too long for me. I mean, I get, I, think, I get that they yeah, delayed the it. Yeah, the hype has been going on for a long time. I get that they delayed it for really good reasons. I'd much rather they release a good game than release it early, one hundred percent. But at the same time, they overhyped it, and now I'm just like, I'm sick of hearing of Cyberpunk. Well, there you go. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll wait for the next episode where I've played played a bit of it, and see if I can convince you. If if I enjoy it, of course, which I think I probably will, but. Yeah. That being if, uh... said, I do want mantis blades in my forearms. <laughs> so your your uh, character's going fully cybernetic then. Well, fully melee probably. Fully melee, yeah. But yeah, I'll have to let you know my opinions on that for the next episode, and then we'll see if you if you play it as well. But yes, sort of beginning to wrap up as we, I think as we've said before, we've <clears throat> started recommending books to each other to read so for us to discuss in a bit more depth in episode and then we we try and pick a book that neither of us have read so that we can also discuss that so what is your recommendation for me to read before the next episode there's a book that i really like you to read called all systems read by martha wells which is in the murderbot diary series the first book um because i read this book and i was taken completely off guard and it gave me a, an emotional sucker punch right in the gut. For very personal reasons, actually. So I want you to read this book and then I'll explain my personal reasons if you can't guess them. Can, can you give me like a brief summary of the... So the book is about a deaf robot that hacks itself to give itself free will. And it's about its diaries, basically. And its interactions with people. Alright. I will... I will add that to the list. And I've got a copy you can borrow. It's only about 150 pages, so you shouldn't have any trouble getting through this book. Oh, nice. I I can... You can digest it very easily. It's very digestible. (laughs) Good. All right. That sounds really... Well, you you provided a lot easier answer than I'm going to give you, because I have about... I have about three books that I want to... There's two or more other books I'd quite like you to read, but they can wait for this one. Well... In that case, I'm 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 offering you a choice. I'm offering you a choice. Yes. I'm 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 either willing to pair a non-fiction with a historical fiction, or a long historical fiction book. Okay. Talk to me about my options. Okay. So I think two of these you will recognise, and they're the historical fictions because I think I've told you about them numerous times and one i've actually mentioned in a previous podcast episode so the long historical fiction is ken follett fall of giants right i can tell you already i'm probably not going to enjoy it um you said already it's about a series of families who i can't remember what they did in world war one in world war one and what did they do some of them are uh, politicians, some of them are soldiers, and it's how they're like, how the war changes their lives, and how it. So some of them, some of them are nobility, some of them are poor, some of them are middle class, and it's how the, uh, like, 
their lives kind of intertwine. What are my other options? What, what are my other options? Okay. So <laughs> quickly, quickly bailing on that. <laughs> so the non-fiction, which again is fairly short, um, like the make your bed, but I kind of want to pair this together for you with the other historical fiction. So the non-fiction it's called, and this was my favourite book of last year, is The Little Black Book of Workout Motivations by Michael Matthews. And I say okay. this because I know you've been doing PT sessions and you've been doing... I'm trying to improve of... my physical fitness in general, yeah. Yeah, and the reason why I recommend this is because the, the name I find is actually not quite accurate because it's not all about workout motivations, it's about stuff to improve your life and um, it has a fantastic reading list at the end of it which I thought you would much appreciate it because I wish more books included a reading list at the end of them. If fantasy books included a reading list of what fantasy influenced the author that would be amazing. Yeah and so this is this is a guide on what can help you like motivate yourself to work out more or even just do just get up in the morning and do something or write that book that you you've been putting off for ages and at the end like at the start of each chapter the author includes uh, quotes that inspire him and he's read in other books and at the end of the book it inc includes so many other uh, books he's read and make your bed is one of the books that he recommends so it's it's only i think it's just i think it's a little under 200 pages and i i found it like make your bed you can read it quite quickly, mm -hmm. but I encourage you not to. I encourage mm. you to try and re take your time with it and learn from the lessons in it. Well, I can alternate reading that and reading the historical fiction book. Okay, and the historical fiction book, and you're going to recognise this, is Under the Eagle by Simon Scarrow. Ah, yes. Because I have been recommending this series to you for, for a long time. Years now. And I and do like my Romans. Yes, and I'm recommending this because his latest book is coming out midway through November. So I'm up to date on the series, and so I'm going to be reading that next. And I'd be really interested to see your take on the series from reading the first one. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm on this, I'm on this. And I've got both of them, so I can lend them to you if you... Great, we can swap books to borrow. <laughs> but what about yeah. the book that we can both read? What about the book that we can both read? Hmm... That, that neither of us have read but that we both are interested in I'm I'm looking at my shelf and I've got a couple on here that I know definitely will not appeal to you <laughs> One one's a book on economics and one's not yeah I'm not interested in that I'm afraid um, do you what? have any suggestions because I'm, I'm looking and I'm struggling I've just picked up the sequel to The Court of the Air which I know is one of your favourites no <laughs> 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 no, no, no. Tom, have no. mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> I've got an idea. Uh, I've got an idea. And, right. um, okay, so I've, I've just started a book. And I'm going to describe it the way one reviewer described it. Which is, and I'm paraphrasing him here. Lesbian necromancers in space. Okay. okay. That was not what I was expecting. I bet, I bet it wasn't. <laughs> but it's about 400 pages. I think I've just started reading it and I'm loving it. I reckon I could probably finish this before I go on holiday. And then I can leave it in the office for you to pick up 
on Saturday morning. Okay, so that okay, so that's a fantasy book. <laughs> you, you think? Okay. <laughs> All right. That that's an historical option. fiction. That's an option. All right. Okay. What 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 are your options then? Well, I'm just saying we could we could choose that. Okay. All right. Well, we so I've given you two books to read and you've yep. given me one. Well, I am so... going on holiday, so I have more time to read. Okay. All right. So maybe maybe we'll come back with the next episode once we've figured out what our book that. Or maybe you can give me theme. two books and I can give you two books because there's other books I know that you'd like to that I'd like you to read. I'll tell you what the <laughs> the the um the series you were mentioning at Revenant the Ravagers. Reckoners. Oh, Reckoners. I knew it began with an R. Tell you what, I'll read the first one of those. Okay, so I, I, I can tell that that intrigued you. The first book yeah. is called Steelheart by Braden Sanderson. I don't have a physical copy. I got mine on Kindle. Mm. So you'd have to obtain that. And re- I'll, I'll see if I can get a second-hand copy or something. Yeah, exactly. But I do highly recommend it. Okay, the, there you go. I, gi- I give you two books and you give me two books. And if we come across... Although I fifth... did lend you a book already that you haven't read. Yes, Retribution Falls, which is a cyberpunk... Not cyberpunk. Steampunk. Sorry, stuck on s- steampunk. I think you should... If, if I'm going to recommend you two books, I want you to read that first. Because I've um, recommended you lots of steampunk books in the past, especially The Course of the Air, and you haven't enjoyed them. So I know that you will enjoy this one. Okay, so I want to I want to clear my name. Okay. Well, I, d- I did love Aeronauts Windlass. So. Okay, yeah, but I, I, in my defence, I didn't know that was going to be so good. Yeah, true. We were reading those. Okay, so I give you two books, you give me two books, and if we come across a fifth book, we will discuss it in the next episode as well. Yes, agreed. Perfect. I think that is a good place for us to wrap up then. That's a deal. Well, I, although we haven't got a quote to finish on this final episode, I've really enjoyed the trivia at the start, testing your whiskey knowledge. I'm, I'm definitely up for doing one question. At yeah, quiz yeah. me every, quiz me one question every episode by all means. Yeah, and I'll I, try I really and some more whiskey quotes. Nice. Well. Let's finish on that. Thank you very much, Tom. I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you very much, Henry. And cheers with my cocktail for once. Instead of just whiskey. We'll see you guys next time.